Hello and welcome. This is the fifth episode of the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Amal Grigic, and today I have a, a special guest from RTL News. She is called Marjolein van der Aar, and she's an uh, innovation manager at RTL News. Hello, welcome. Hi. Thank you for being here. Um, I would like to start off with uh, knowing a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you start out? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. Um, my background is actually in uh, business administration. Uh, I studied at VU University um, in the direction of strategy and organization. And after my studies, I um, applied for the traineeship at RTL. Okay. Uh, I was always already interested in media since a young age, actually. Um, I always liked, liked to, to write myself. And uh, in primary school, I was already uh, making my own newspaper for the, for the class. Okay, um, cool. And yeah, so when I, when I saw that RTL also has a, had, a, had a traineeship, mm-hmm. um, I applied for that. And there I saw uh, many different departments of the company. I started off at RTL Ventures, which is the investment uh, section of the company where we are looking for uh, startups in certain areas that okay. are that can make um, that are connected to our business. Then I uh, went to RTL News, where I did a research to how uh, millennials, like young people, okay. how they uh, they consume news, and that's also where I uh, kind of. Um, after the traineeship uh, continue with. Okay, okay. And um, uh, you said you had an interest in media from a, from a young age. Um, uh, why did you go into business administration and not into journalism in, in that sense? Because I, I, I could imagine that if you like writing and stuff like that, that you would go into journalism and not into business administration. What was the, 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 yeah, the idea behind that? Yeah, actually, I, I was, was thinking as well, about journalism, I was also thinking about psychology, also a topic I'm interested in. But in the end, um, practically speaking, I really like to to organize things, and mm. um, I like to to write myself. But but I was also really interested in in more the the business side of it. Okay. So okay. when I was young and made the newspaper uh, for my class, it was not only the the writing the stories, but also the you know, the how to make it, the organizing, the more the entrepreneurship, actually. Okay, okay. And um, you started out at RTL News or uh, at RTL. Um, what was the reasoning behind that? Because there are a lot of news outlets in, in the Netherlands. Uh, why, what, what spoke to you about, about that, uh, about the RTL in particular? Yeah, well, it was not really like a very conscious decision. Like, <laughs> this is the company I want to work for. Yeah. It was more random, but... Um, the moment I, I came uh, at RTL, it was, yeah, I really liked the, the vibe. It's really like a family. Okay. And what I really like is when you work for a company that, that you can see what the result is of what you're doing. And mm-hmm. of course, with RTL, which is a really one of the largest media companies of the Netherlands and everybody knows it and you can see every day what, yeah, what's happening there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I really... Uh, yeah, what you enjoyed, yeah. And also yeah. because, like, first of all, you think RTL, that's a, a television company. Many people, yeah, yeah. even my friends, were asking, like, oh, so you're going to play uh, a role in Goede Tijden, Slechte Tijden. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> RTL is more than that. Yeah. Um, even people say, like, oh, you work for RTL 4, right? RTL 4, yeah. uh, right? Because they don't really know um, that RTL is really more than that. And yeah. 
what really surprised me when I entered first, uh, the first time, was that it's so diverse and there's so much more going on than only the TV channels. Yeah, because RTL is a big company, right? I mean, they're in... I don't know in how, how many countries they are, but... Uh... Yeah, well, that's... Um, RTL Group is uh, is a large company in many countries. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm working for the Dutch RTL. And we don't have that much to do with, with other countries. Of course, okay. we sometimes work together, but in general... I'm just focusing on the Dutch market. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it's very local, the yeah. media. Yeah, so you can basically see the Dutch RTL as almost totally separate to the German RTL, for example, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, in your role as a, as an innovation manager, what what um, what kind of innovations did you implement in particular uh, since you started? Uh, could, could you tell a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well, actually, the the first thing I did was Snapchat. Oh, okay. That was, uh, yeah, I think three three and a half years ago when Snapchat was hot. Was still very <laughs> hot. <laughs> In the meantime, it, of course, it's uh, it's kind of replaced by Instagram yeah. with the same features. Um, but th- in that time, it was kind of like hot, and I was like, oh, um, uh, yeah, I would like to do something with that with uh, with the news because they're. Um, at that moment, it was really a challenge for RTL News, but actually for all of the media parties, news parties in Amsterdam, um, in Netherlands, to uh, how to attract young people, how to yeah. attract millennials. Yeah. And I thought, well, Snapchat is, of course, one of the uh, platforms that many, many young people are on. Exactly, yeah. Um, so what we did is we did a pilot with RTL News New York. We have there an office uh, where they... they yeah, they provide the news uh, from the United States, mm-hmm. and we thought it is interesting for the young people to see how, like, to get a view on uh, on how it is in the United States, how they are doing, how the journalists are going about to, working um, there. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what we started with. Yeah, that's that's a, uh, that's not uh, something you would uh, think about immediately, right? At a news outlet, okay, let's ju- let's do Snapchat or something like that. I mean. Um, of course, as you said, Snapchat has been kind of uh, pulled out because of uh, Instagram, uh, what they are doing with their stories and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, other than that, what what other innovations were were there that we you were looking at? Because uh, this is a this is a, a step into a realm that wasn't there before for a news outlet. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was uh, was there? What what did uh, what you worked on, for example. Yeah, so w- the biggest project I've worked on so far is uh, was Valda. Valda was a personalized news platform um, for uh, millennials. Okay. Um, so one of the things that when I, I questioned, uh, or how do you say, I surveyed, surveyed yeah. a lot of uh, millennials in that time. And um, what came, what they answered a lot is that a lot of topics didn't interest them. and they would like to have it more like personalized. Okay. So um, what we built is a, a personalized news platform. It's a little bit like Tinder, so okay. you can swipe uh, <laughs> left or right. <laughs> so you can so you can say I don't like this article, right? Yeah. So um, the app works like that. That if if you log in and um, you see a news article about football, for instance, and you swipe it left. Uh, or you, I think we we had buttons with, which says interesting or not interesting, mm-hmm. and then um, the algorithm was learning about your preferences. So oh, okay. 
in the end, if you if you said uh, multiple times that you didn't were not interested in a football article, then obviously you would see less football. It would appear not so quickly on your timeline. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a timeline uh, that we made. So yeah, so we could offer a more personalized experience to to. Um, yeah, we aggregated several sources, so it was both RTL News and the other um, uh, brands we have, like Editionel, RTL okay. Boulevard, yeah. and our sports um, uh, divisions. But also we made content ourselves because we thought, well, the the way of of making videos um, is not necessarily adapted to a young crowd. Yeah. So we also try to innovate in how we made the videos. Okay. Yeah. So um, looking at the because you you talking you're talking about the millennials a lot. Um, is is there a way you guys me- measure what kind of um, what kind of groups are uh, consuming your news? Uh, is there a way that you're doing that right now? Because I can imagine that the news to a lot of people the news sounds like something really old people do. <laughs> and really old people listen to the news and uh, uh, watch television, see the news on, on TV. Yeah. Is there a way you guys measure that uh, in in a sense that you can see, okay, we have a lot more people from a younger age group that are uh, consuming our news. Uh, do, do you measure that at all? Um, yeah, we definitely uh, measure that kind of things. We, we do, uh, yeah, we, we do research to our, uh, our like the, the people that that are uh, consuming, it, yeah. consuming our news with, yeah. with tools like Google Analytics. But I think there is still a lot to gain. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we can uh, improve yeah. a lot. Because yeah. um, we are working now with uh, how to identify whether um, people are just flybys. Mm-hmm. Like they just come to our website, for example, when they click on something on Facebook uh, and then they read the article and they're gone again. Mm-hmm. But also, and then the next step is um, uh, like more regular visitors. And then in the end, of course, the, ne- the, le- the last step is to become a fan, to actually be like a loyal, loyal consumer of our news. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's um, more where we focus on at the moment than, okay. than the, the different age, age groups. Group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In general, like we focus on, um, yeah, we, we don't have, we don't focus only on young people. That's just something that a few years back we were really, yeah, kind of you were worried about on. because yeah, we saw yeah. like, well, um, young people are running away from television. Literally, we could see the the charts like decreasing Decline, so yeah. so fast. So yeah. we were thinking like many, uh, the same with newspapers actually. So uh, all the news brands of uh, the Netherlands were thinking like, okay, how can we engage a young crowd? Mm. Um, and now at this moment, actually, we we kind of found out that although they have different interests, in the end. You can be like, oh, we can, we're going to make it very popular, like mm-hmm. with all these funny images and animation yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But in the end, they also just want to know the news. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sounds a bit... Uh, yeah, but they want to <laughs> bit, maybe consume it in a different way in the sense that they want to have it faster or whatever, right? So th- that's Yeah, good. but that's that, that's, okay. that counts for, uh, for everybody. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to see because a lot of people, when they talk about millennials, they're like, okay, they want everything really fast and they want it now and uh, they don't want to spend a lot of time on it but actually it uh it applies to a lot of people right it doesn't only apply to millennials right yeah i think of course there are certain certain things that um distinguish certain generations from others but in the end it's also 
a bit difficult to really generalize about everyone because you also see now that that it is the millennials that are now also doing like detox from social media mm. and they make piles of their mobile phones when they are with friends and like <laughs> uh, yeah so you also see that there's a trend to more like quality slow journalism like the correspondent and yeah 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 and long form things like uh, long form yeah. uh, articles yeah yeah, yeah. and, and uh, looking at the articles because uh, there are some some uh, innovations in the world uh, talking about um, things like fake news so there are uh, things like fake news so what are are there kind of innovations or anything that you uh, have explored or implemented to re- reduce that risk at our RTL news so of, yeah. of fake news could, could you tell a little bit about that yeah well I think there there is a, a difference between like bad journalism and fake news um where fake news is really like people or organizations that want to deliberately uh, like publish articles that are fake to to get a lot of views and a lot of money Mm -hmm. um whereas of course in 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 like if sources are not checked well then fake news can be spread also through traditional news organizations or all news organizations so we, what we do against it is is not um, anything like uh, like technologically, but it's it is we have to do do our job well. Yeah. Um, well, not me in particular, but the editors, yeah, the, ju- the journalists, and the, the journalists, editors. yeah, and and we do that continuously. Like we focus a lot on keeping each other uh, on our toes and um, educating the the editors mm-hmm. uh, continuously to check sources and. Of course, that's what we have to do. That's our job. The yeah. job of journalists is to check sources and to see, to provide correct information. So, uh, yeah, what we do against fake news is just doing our job the yeah. best we can. Yeah, and especially in the journalism part, yeah. Yeah. And um, looking at the mediums, because we talked a little bit about the mediums that uh, you guys use. Uh, so, for example, you you mentioned Snapchat, but uh, you're probably in other channels as well. Um, what do you think will be one of the most important ones in the near and distant future? Although television, of course, is decreasing a lot, it's like still every day, uh, mm-hmm. almost a million people are watching our um, news at 7.30. Mm-hmm. So it will continue to to be important. But of course, we're focusing uh, a lot on all our digital activities. Our own platforms are, of course, uh, very they will stay important. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're actually launching uh, our new website and app. Um, okay, cool. So that that yeah is something that we we invest in. But also um, on demand platforms. So our Videoland platform mm-hmm. is uh, increasing on a very uh, high rate, and we're now also starting to explore how we can give um, provide a space for news on this okay. platform, so yeah, that yeah. people can also. Yeah, because it, it, that that focuses a lot on uh, things like uh, uh, is it like movies and uh, and TV series and stuff like that, right? On Video Land at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's uh, and the, of course episodes from RTL and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's both a content that we also have on television, which you can watch on Video Land. Okay. Um, actually, it, it's it's going to be our num- our platform for uh, for, for all the TV content, but yeah. also of course a lot of different. TV series and movies and everything. Yeah, news yeah. is also something that we 
yeah you, you can space. also uh, you can also put that on there right i mean uh, that that would be one central p- place for everything then at the moment uh, exactly yeah and uh, i've i've seen an article of yours on linkedin it was about uh, implementing voice in your uh, organization as well uh, you you did that project right so the whole voice implementation and stuff like that uh, could, could you tell a bit a little bit about that how that came about and uh, what you guys did there sure um well i think it was in the end of last year 2017 when my manager asked me to look into voice and okay. i was like voice uh, okay whatever i will i will look at it, look for it and then obviously already in the united states it was quite big i think by then already uh, like 15% of the uh, population of the united states was actually owned uh, smart speaker devices mm-hmm. And also the news organizations of the United States were all uh, jumping into it and they were, provi- they were making uh, news specifically for smart speakers. So, yeah, then we also started thinking, like, how can we, uh, what can we do with that? Because obviously it's going to be a really big um, thing. It's like, first you have, we had um, uh, like web internet mm-hmm. then or like desktop uh, uh based experience yeah experience yeah and then it became all focused on mobile and now the next revolution will probably be voice and of course there are a lot of um uh, tech, uh, like innovations that you're looking at like chatbots vr ar and you're like yeah it's gonna be big but still it's so vague and so far mm-hmm. away to actually and to look for actual applications yeah but with voice it seems different it seems really like yeah, like it's already coming in, in a quite, um, yeah, in a rapid way and quite soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, we thought we have to do something with that. Okay. Yeah. And how did, how did you implement that? So um, how can people use it at the moment? So what, what do they do? Yeah. So what we um, had to do, first of all, because we are not a radio, uh, we don't have a radio station. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have to make audio news for um for having smart something for the yeah. smart speaker yeah. yeah so we made an audio update in three different uh, for three different topics an rtl news update with general headlines mm-hmm. uh, the rtl sports update with uh like sports, sports <laughs> obviously and rtl z update with uh with business mm-hmm. because we wanted to make it already a bit personalized but at this moment um yeah it it was uh, we want to yeah we want to give already an, a sort of a preview of a personalized experience which in the end will become way more interactive mm-hmm. but the first step for us now is to integrate with uh, google assistant and amazon alexa okay uh, at amazon alexa it's called a flash briefing and uh, google assistant is called narrative news mm-hmm. which means that you ask for a news update um and then you can choose your the sources you want to use mm-hmm. and then you get our update. Yeah, so you have to, um, probably in an app or something like that, you have to select RTL News as a source, right? That you want to have the news from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, you, you mentioned all, uh, some other topics as well, uh, which are probably interesting. But yeah, it, I think it's hard to, to uh, find an application for something like AR uh, augmented reality for uh, for news. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I don't see. I, I was also thinking about that while we were talking. Uh, how you would kind of implement that? Well, actually, um, there was I think last year or the year before we we did um, we worked together with uh, 
the University of Twente, okay. which is a technical university. And uh, the students there, they had a case uh, for RTL to think of applications of VR or AR. Okay. And one of the things they, they thought of, which was quite interesting, is sort of an app, an AR app, where you can see different news events happening on the location where you are. So, for example, you are at some place where somebody was shot, for example, and mm-hmm. you are there and you get like a push notification and you can see in your app, you can kind okay, of that's see... that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds <laughs> maybe not the best example. <laughs> no, okay, but I, I, I can see that one, yeah. Yeah, I, so you can actually see like, oh, well, here it happened and you can see information, but mm. you can, you're actually on the place, on the, spa- on the, yeah, the spot on the it spot, happened. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that, that's that's pretty cool actually yeah i didn't think about that but uh, th- that could be that could be a thing of course and also maybe uh, in an augmented reality thing that uh, when you point your uh, your smartphone at something uh, i don't know in, at an empty space or something like that you could have the news reader actually sitting there and reading news or something like that exactly so, yeah it'd be crazy like that yeah yeah, yeah there are a lot of things possible but these things are so much like it's it's more like a gimmick or yeah, like um, yeah yeah you, the, you don't know what the added value is in that in exactly that sense, yeah. it sounds really cool and like oh yeah that would be cool to have but um, if you compare it to to voice uh, mm-hmm. which is actually happening where yeah. you can actually yeah. um, it's in a much more mature s- stage where people actually yeah. use it yeah. and even though the smart speaker ownership is not so large in the Netherlands yet I, no. I, there are not a lot of uh, researches yet in like there are not a lot of numbers yet yeah. so you don't really know how much it is and how you, people uh, use it and what they do and yeah stuff like that yeah but of course you can compare it to what in the u.s is happening and it will probably be uh along the lines of that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i was uh, i was thinking about that because um one thing that i noticed also when i was st- uh, using a smart speaker and also testing it uh, do you also feel that it's still kind of um, a little bit awkward to talk to 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 a speaker, a standing thing that's not uh, not a person or whatever? Do you still do you still feel that, or also in your testing, do you still have that feeling? No, not at all. No, no, okay. I'm really used to it. Um, every morning when when I wake up, I say, "Okay, Google, good morning." Yeah, and then it just says, uh, "Good morning, Marjoline." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marjoline. Um, <laughs> yeah, since yeah. it's not in Dutch yet. Yeah, yeah, of course. And well, then it tells me the weather. It tells me the news, which is of course very nice. Also, uh, every morning to know see, what happened. Yeah, to know what happened, uh, but also of course because we're still working on the format to see how the format is is going and mm. how our our morning editors who wake up at uh, who are starting at three o'clock in the morning how they how they did their job of course it's very nice to see their uh, their hard work yeah um but i'm i'm so used to it like whenever uh well this morning when i when i left to come here um i was like hmm maybe i should take like the bike from the station mm-hmm. the ov fiets instead of uh, the train but then i thought maybe it's gonna rain so then i just asked uh okay google what's the weather gonna on be? your phone yeah not yeah. on uh, my phone on the smart speaker oh, on the smart speaker oh okay yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah and then i heard well it's not gonna rain so i can just you know do that okay yeah so you have a Google Home, I think, right now, right? Um, well, I both have Alexa and uh, oh, Google Home. Oh, you have Home. both? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. started off with Alexa because that was the biggest one in the United At States the moment, by far. Yeah. It was like 70% of uh, market share. Mm-hmm. But uh, a few months ago, we noticed that Google uh, is gaining market share very quickly. And also in the Netherlands, people are 
more familiar with Google mm-hmm. uh, and l- much less with Amazon. Yeah. And also Google uh, is the first one that's actually launching in Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it it doesn't help that you cannot buy Alexa or uh, or the Echo Dot or Echo or whatever in the Netherlands, right? Uh, well, you can, I think. Yeah, it's through it, the du- the German Amazon. You can order the the Amazon Echo. And oh, stuff. okay, and okay. Actually, the Google Home is uh is it's much more difficult. Oh, really? Uh, in my experience, yeah. to get because you have to rely on some like one day fly. Uh, ah, okay. Disca or like. Yeah, because I I I ordered the Echo Dot myself, uh, but it, it, I had to do it through Gray Import at that moment because it, mm. I couldn't buy it on the on the German Amazon. But uh, anyway, I've, I I enjoyed it as well. But I, I've tested it here on uh, in the office as well, yeah. and everybody was looking at me like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. some strange voice uh, just. Uh, well, I, I, the the most I used it for was uh, telling me a joke. Then. <laughs> but do you use it at home now, or? No, I don't. I don't. It's, it's still, as I said, it's still a little bit awkward to me in in some yeah? cases. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Um, but I think it's just a, a matter of people getting used to it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's the that's the main thing I think because. Uh, people weren't used to smartphones uh, uh, before ten. I think ten years ago. Uh, so. Um, it's changing, of course, but it's for me. It's still it's still really weird to just yeah. say, okay, uh, tell me something. Yeah, that that yeah. It's still a little bit awkward, but I think that will change. Uh, and I, I for sure see an application for it in news, but also um, in other th- things in our lives as well. Yeah, yeah. there are several things that um, several use cases which are very uh, interesting. Like for me. Um, putting a timer when i'm cooking so you have your oh, yeah, hands yeah, your hands course. are dirty you don't yeah. want to go on your iphone to make like and you cannot open it because your finger is <laughs> yeah. wet or whatever so you can just say alexa please set timer for 20 minutes yeah yeah but also to play music um mm. to put a song louder or less loud yeah yeah the yeah. weather the news that's for me and i think also in general the most the most used, used ones, yeah, 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 and it will change, of course. Uh, the the more uh, the more apps and uh, no more uh, companies are going to use it, the the richer the experience, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what you see now is that most uh, the third party actions—that's how it's called, I think. Um, the so it's like application that, that companies made for especially especially for the smart speaker. Mm. They're still kind of like gimmicks, like it's not actually useful, but it's just like. Yeah. We can do this. <laughs> we want to. We want to just be there as soon mm. as possible, which is, of course, very good uh, because you want to experiment with it. You want mm. to see what it can do for you, and so you start with something which is maybe not the most useful thing, but yeah. at least you're there, and you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how people use it. You can learn about it. Yeah, and I, uh, in my particular case, I was testing with it, and also I created a kind of an Alexa skill for. Uh, getting the statistics that, of our company, for example, hmm. uh, how many emails that we send out today, because that's really important oh, to cool. us. Uh, so uh, things like that, or uh, are there some jobs that have to be ra- that have to run every uh, night? Uh, did they run okay? Uh, and it will just say okay, uh, everything uh, went okay, or uh, there were ten jobs that uh, had an error or whatever. Uh, okay, cool. so that that were the things that I was I was experimenting with, uh, which were pretty easy actually to to implement. 
So, uh, as I said, there is also an application for it in the office as well, not at, at home. At, That's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I, I like I liked doing the things with voice because um, while it's still in its kind of infancy, it is uh, still getting mature because some things are still uh, a little bit weird when you say something in in English and you're not the native speaker it sometimes will interpret it differently than uh, than yeah and of course you saying. you yeah you cannot really use it yet for for example if you want to to tell Google your address an address mm, well, yeah try to tell yeah. Google a Dutch address yeah <laughs> that sucks it doesn't and also, work <laughs> um, for example for Videoland um, our on-demand platform we cannot uh, apply it yet because if you would ask like Okay, Google, please play Goede Tijden, Slechte Tijden. Of course, it will never yeah. understand. Good times, bad times in, in English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it doesn't get that. Yeah, yeah, so for example, with Videoland, we have to wait for the, the Dutch, Dutch um, assistant language. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It will probably be uh, be there in a, in, in a few, but it, it, it will get there, uh, of course. Yeah, uh, quite soon, probably. Yeah, and yeah. Dutch, the, the Dutch language is a little bit difficult to understand as well, grammatically. Uh, I think the grammar is, is difficult uh, in the Dutch language, which probably is the reason why uh, why it's taking a little bit longer. And also, we're not the, a big country with a lot yeah. of users, right? Uh, they'll probably... I think they already have, like, German and uh, maybe... Yeah, Spanish they have. I, I think there is. Uh, yeah. So you see that they are, uh, of course, hitting the bigger target areas in the in the first few yeah. Uh, languages. Um, yeah. In regards to something else, uh, when you look at RTL News, what what do you think makes you different from other uh, or unique to other outlets like uh, NOS, which is one of the bigger ones in in Holland, or uh, New Could could you? Um, explain what you think makes you guys uh, unique in the, in that sense, because um, they're all news outlets. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, what what RTL? Um, of course, since we're a, 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 um, our legacy is TV, we we are strong in video. Yeah, yeah. So uh, also online, I think we we are strong in in making good videos, and we try to make the news uh, very understandable. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we try to get to tell people what the news means for them, to make it personal. Um, when there's a news story, we try to to talk to people that that were involved, um, so that people see like the it's like the human touch mm, mm. to news. Where NOS is a bit more uh, formal, formal, a bit more like the authority on news. Mm-hmm. So that's why people would choose NOS probably because it's really the authority and. They, they're probably the most... And it's shorter to, to write as well. <laughs> shorter too? It's shorter to write. So, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. Actually. Yeah, actually, it, it does make sense to me. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, it just popped into my head. But, That's funny. Never yeah. thought, thought like, like that. And Nu.nl, I think, is very uh, complete. So you know that uh, that every news, all the news will, will be there and mm-hmm. they write it in a yeah, concise, short way mm-hmm. where we really look for the human touch and uh, really bring it close. Like yeah. we really strongly uh, have our Dutch... Um, Values, yeah. Yeah, well, no, we have our like the Dutch population in mind. Like what mm, does it okay, actually yeah. mean? Yeah. Not only when selecting the topics, like which news uh, shall we bring, mm-hmm. which news topics to focus on. We think of what is actually um, 
relevant yeah relevant for our mm-hmm. for people that 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 are uh, yeah, in the Netherlands a, yeah that that's a little bit what you do with the edition NL as well right so yeah you, so the, we if there's something happening we are going to like test it or we mm-hmm. speak to people and um yeah we really try to give it a face like uh i'm trying to think of an example you know with the bridge uh in uh genova yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. then Not we really ago. then we uh, of course we also want to st- to state the facts of, mm. of the happening but also we really try to talk to like the a bridge maker in the netherlands who yeah. knows a lot about that and we ask like how, how could can it happen, happen? Here? Can, yeah. can it happen here yeah. uh, like a lot of people will be worried now like well there's a big bridge as well here and i drive over it uh, over the bridge every day mm. and then we really try to see what does it mean for for people here yeah yeah i can understand that the thing is that you kind of make it personal as well and i i do see that at nos as well but i, I was i was thinking do you see them as competitors in the space of as a news outlet do, do you see that as really okay they are the one to beat or whatever do, do you do you view it like that or is it different in in your uh, in your opinion well um yes and no it's well of course we are competitors because we both want the attention of the dutch population to mm. to view our news but in a bigger um uh, bigger picture actually we are all competing against bigger parties yeah, <laughs> bigger, yeah of course. Uh, companies uh, facebook and google who are um uh like it's not only the discussion anymore if people go to uh like if they watch rtl or mpo or if they look at uh, uh nu.nl or nos but also um yeah are people going to news websites at all because they just look on facebook mm-hmm. and instead of going to uh and typing in rtl news dot nl or nu.nl mm-hmm. um they just see the news on their facebook timeline timeline mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Facebook and Google are becoming news outlets uh, essentially as well, right? So, fa- and of course, Facebook has gotten some slack because of the fake news things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are they are becoming news outlets for a lot of people. Yeah, for the bigger picture, it's something very mm. interesting and, of course, scary as well because we used to be uh, like more independent mm. news outlets, and now. Uh, we are kind of getting more and more dependent on these publishing platforms. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's almost as if we're only like the con- uh, content. Uh, is it going to be like that we're only going to be the content uh, delivery yeah, pro- yeah. content providers of these platforms? Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we, we would still like to have our own platforms where uh, but yeah that's that's a bigger strategic discussion that we uh, yeah, yeah, are facing yeah 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 and that's uh, th- that's an interesting discussion as well i think that um yeah it, it it's weird how that's changing that that you you were the primary source of of you or another news outlet was the primary source of of news and then it just changes to okay you're also a content supplier to uh, a bigger platform that's uh, that's publishing it, right? So yeah, um, it, it's it's in- interesting to yeah, see that. Yeah, we, ha- that we have to sh- yeah we have to share our revenues with these kind of platforms mm. rather than uh, having our own platforms. We now uh, provide it on other platforms where yeah. yeah we kind of have to share it. Yeah, yeah, and um, th- this is a question I was I was really wondering about is that um, 
if you could change something within RTL News, and there was no kind of budget <laughs> restriction, uh, what, what would you think that would be? Uh, what what uh, what would that single project be? Um, well, a single project, I don't know. I'm really more looking at the bigger picture, okay, and then sure, yeah. I would like to uh, have that. You know that at Google, the, the employees get playtime. Okay. So 20% of their time is yep. actually time that people can work on their own projects. Mm-hmm. I, that would be something that I would love if all the, um, the editors, but also the tech people and the marketing people, everyone who works for RTL News, that they can um, s- spend a certain amount of their time on new projects, experimenting, mm-hmm. um, be more creative. Because, of course, there's a lot of pressure on always yeah. uh, being on top of the news so people don't have time to yeah it doesn't uh, stop that's the only yeah. thing that's uh, in your business which is it, it, uh, the news doesn't stop it's not like it's going to say okay you have your 20% time today exactly so, <laughs> so if you have a shift then yeah you just have to be on top of the news all the time mm. and it would be so lovely if people would have more time to experiment and if there would be more um, dedicated resources to actually um, uh, yeah, to develop new innovations mm. in kind of like a news lab. Yeah. So all the all the the employees would have a certain amount of time, and they can share their knowledge. They can work on certain projects to develop yeah. new formats, uh, develop new uh, technological um, uh, ideas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, uh, I, actually, the, the it's funny you say that we started that not too long ago. So really? with our uh, with wow. our developers as well, um, it it's important not only for the the for the well being of the developers. Uh, it it gives them also kind of a motivation to do something that is not in the daily uh, uh, in the things that they da- do daily. So, for example, we tested some things with blockchain not too long ago, mm. uh, just to see <laughs> how that works and uh, what because everyone is talking about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody's talking about it, but uh, there are not that many real uh, real world applications mm. for it yet. Um, so we were thinking about okay, uh, we can do that. So we take, for example, the Fridays uh, and say, okay, Friday is a day that you can just work on something that uh, you uh, want to spend time on because normally in the day to day it doesn't. You, you don't have time for it. I mean, no. we're we're developing constantly. So it's not like you can say, okay, I'm just going to spend one hour here and one hour there. It, it, it usually doesn't work. You don't get that time. So we, yeah. we said, okay, we really need to set a, a specific day that you can uh, uh, yeah, have your time and effort to do something that you want to experiment with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... I think it's good because it also gives you kind of a little bit of a change within what you are doing, but also, as I said, something that you maybe are interested in and you want to explore further and you don't want to spend your your home time on on uh, checking that out. So I think that's a good um, I think it's a good system to to get that uh, yeah. that experimentation going and all those kinds of innovations. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would love a lot of companies to do that because yeah, it, it's also well, not of course not everybody. Some people um, they might yeah. more like to just work in a in a certain structure. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would actually like to do it, and it would give them a huge motivation for their uh, like job mo- motivation that yeah. you probably know as uh, doing a lot of research to yeah yeah employee tevredenheid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 the satisfaction, satisfaction. in employees is is the dependent on things like this yeah. of course uh, there are a lot of things that that uh, that can contribute to that team building and stuff like that yeah. and this is also kind of a team building especially if the for example developers work together on a particular project that's not the project that they uh, work on on a day-to-day basis so yeah, yeah it, it 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 does it does contribute a lot um and to wrap it up a little bit, I have just one more question for you. Um, so we talked a little bit about the projects that you did within uh, RTL. Uh, what, what, you, what would you say is the one that you are most proud of since you started? Mm. Well, I think um, developing the personalized news platform, Valda, that, one, yeah. um, that was really uh, a very cool uh, project where we worked with uh, 12 really uh, motivated, talented people with like a multidisciplinary team mm-hmm. uh, with both developers, designers, marketeers, journalists to, yeah, to really make new, make a new experience for, for young people. And mm. So that was, that was uh, yeah, something that I'm the most proud of. With 12 people. So that's not a really big team, right? It's okay. No, it was a very small team. It was really like a startup, which is, I learned cool. so much from that because, uh, and I was, I also uh, think that's so good that a company like RTL, like quite big corporation, mm-hmm. gives the chance to. I was also young when I started. I was probably like 26 when I okay. when I started uh, and 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 led the team. Mm-hmm. So they gave um, resources to a, like a young team to do this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think in the end, actually, Valda uh, was uh, was stopped and we we took the lessons from it to implement in our news organization but i think that these kinds of projects are very very important and it was just a crazy time to kind of be an entrepreneur an intrapreneur actually like yeah, an yeah. entrepreneur within the company yeah uh, and we were kind of like with the attitude of better ask for uh, forgiveness and permission yeah. and just <laughs> do everything like the metaphor of the little speedboat that yeah. uh, with the big tanker tanker is that an english yeah word? yeah it is <laughs> yeah so that was really an awesome time yeah. yeah cool cool okay i would like to thank you for your time and uh, thank you for being here um and for the people that are listening you can uh, follow uh, bit versus bytes on uh, instagram uh, twitter and um, on soundcloud it's all bits vs bytes also, uh, you can find this uh, episode on bitsversusbytes.com or bitsvsbytes.com. And I would thank you for your time and until next time.